Hello everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Two Teaspoons of Positivity. The date is the 15th of June and the time is Halloween. <laughs> no, just kidding, it's 12.09pm EST. Yeah, it's technically high noon. So, let's get to our baby stories for today. Some cheeky art installations cut to the chase at the G7. So, the G7 summit is going on. And I don't know if people have been following the proceedings. Because everyone's usually just looking at the news coverings. Not the live events, if there are any. So, recent G G7 summits have been... So, the, the summits leading up to this meeting have been panned for failing to tackle the big issues of the day. Some have suggested that world leaders present at the G7 are better at generating hot air than they are at reducing it. Which, it's not exactly... never mind. Reminding the G7 about its obligations, obligations to the people and the planet this week were the artists Joe Rush and Alex Wreckage. They created a Mount Rushmore-style sculpture of, the G of G7 leaders out of electronic waste, which they dubbed Mount Recyclemore. That's... it's quite on the nose. <laughs> the robot-like faces will stare across Cornwall Carbis Bay at the real leaders this weekend as they convene for the latest G7 su summit. I wonder if this installation came up during the discussions. The installation is aimed at quietly urging them to tackle the growing scourge of electronic waste. Uh, other than this, two giant footprints have also uh, been made on in the sand in Carbis Bay to highlight the size of the G7's carbon footprint compared to the rest of the world. Hmm. Other activist-led uh, other activist-led activity taking place alongside this includes the C7. Uh, that's SEA for the ocean. Uh, it's an event where conservationists will discuss solutions to ocean degradation. This is really nice. I like this one. Because everyone can understand uh, what the emotions that these artists wish to convey without requiring a degree or proficiency in a language. That's why art is very important. Okay, so the next base is the next baby story was from Wales, where a basic pilot income was announced. So let's take a look at that. Uh, yeah, Wales is to become the latest place to trial a universal basic income. Its government announced this week that under the scheme, five thousand children and adults could receive up to two hundred and thirteen pounds this week per week with no strings attached. The UK government must approve the pilot for it to go ahead, with furlough schemes making the idea of a guaranteed state-backed salary seem less radical since everyone's getting fired. And what they mean is since everyone is getting fired. The, the idea of a universal basic income isn't that... Um, it's not as scary. The concept of a UBA has edged from the realm of utopian thought and further into mainstream discourse. <laughs> that's that's funny. Early results from a recent UBI pilot in Stockton, California, found that the regular payments boosted mental health among participants 
and provided their chance chances of getting full-time work I feel like I should address something about this a lot of people I've talked to have problems with universal basic income the major arguments being oh it just turns people into um, lazy it just turns I was going to use a different word it this, it makes people lazy and it costs the state a lot so the first thing that I'll suggest the first one it makes people lazy it doesn't exactly because there is no um, minimum wage there is no universal minimum wage at least in the US it differs from state to state right and it should be $15 per hour and there are some states which pay that but every state doesn't pay that and when you don't uh, receive basic minimum wage or at least a living wage you are under a lot of pressure to make ends meet so the amount of money that's that the universal basic income provides helps you live with that seven dollar uh, there are I think the lowest is six or five dollars per hour that um, the universal basic income helps you just keep your head above the water if that makes sense and uh, that's the first one it doesn't make people lazy it just helps them survive better the second one that it will cost the government a lot of money it will but the government will also be saving a lot of money on other things such as um, unemployment benefits like they could reduce unemployment benefits and okay so I found a few articles on this so targeted welfare services like uh, I think nursing homes and stuff like that would become would, wouldn't be as um, necessary as they are now and the reason for that is that people will be able to afford um, medical care and maybe even have enough money to take care of themselves, their family and any elderly loved ones that they have. Then uh, the second thing, uh, the second thing in one of the articles I read was that UBI would actually allow the government to um, invest less in law enforcement in prisons because when people have more money to spend they are less likely to steal which is just <laughs> oh god it's it, it made me sad that this is something we need to this is something like this is common knowledge right anyway I, I've already rambled on too long for, about this but yeah UBA is good universal basic income is necessary because it, it it helps the government it helps it helps us it helps the government because because the government is giving us money and where the hell else are we going to spend it other than in things that the government gives us like electricity power um, transportation cars public transport whatever yeah <laughs> and it it also helps us like break up um, it also helps us mitigate the income inequality 
considering the fact that people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and few other people have become richer during 2020 as a lot of people have lost their jobs and even contemplated uh, the final way out to put it mildly I, I apologize for getting so negative but yeah this is this is good news I think uh, if Wales uh, applies this I think the next would be Scotland hopefully if Scotland doesn't already have something like this and yeah England could be the first uh, European country which is not a part of the EU <laughs> to have universal basic income that's nice oh right this one was interesting this is the last baby story for today that a forest sp sprung up in an unlikely location in London where was this? Oh right, the forest has sprung up in the courtyard of London Somerset House, a venue that was that once prohibited trees. Ah yes, how the turntables! <laughs> the forest is the centerpiece of this year's London Design Biennale. I don't know how to pronounce that, which highlights the role that design can play in building a more resilient and inclusive future in a world impacted by the climate crisis. The Biennale runs until 27th June. So, buy tickets, I guess. I don't know. At the end of the event, the 400, the 400 trees used in the forest will be donated to London for planting across the city. Hmm. That's interesting. It's nice. It's. I hope that more places in cities have trees that just grow without people realizing how. Um, because uh, how do I put this in words? I'm I'm sure I'm sure that this didn't happen overnight, right? People just didn't notice it until it was way too green and way too big. Sounds like the Hulk, but never mind. So yeah, I hope that that happens in other places as well. It kind of makes me wonder: Are there places nearby that have suddenly that have been like harboring forests and? I just didn't know about it. Anyway, let's move on to our big stories for today. Right. So the G7 uh, has backed a historic deal to tax multinational companies. Oh, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> so before their representatives decamped to Cornwall for the G7 summit, um, UK, France, Italy, Japan, Canada and the US reached a historic deal to make multinational companies pay more taxes. That is great news. Um, I think by the next fiscal year, we can use the money that we've gained from these taxes to create more schools, hospitals, um, sustainable housing, stuff like that. I think this is going to be this is going to be a game changer. So finance ministers of the seven nations, agreed to tackle tax avoidance by making companies pay more in the countries where they do business. They also agreed to a minimum corporate tax rate of 15%. What? what? No, oh, wait, scratch what I said earlier. With just 1% of the trillions of dollars that we get from this 15% um, bar, we could make, we could reinvent 
the way we approach infrastructure with uh, yeah that's just with one percent with 15 percent we could make every train we have uh, here in the u.s faster than the shinkansen shinkansen is the um, what's it called the japanese bullet train model 15 percent that is a lot wow uh, right the rules will only apply in the g7 and the 15 percent is on the low side comparing to existing corporate tax rates right uh, it's a lot it's a lot more it's 30 something percent but they never pay it because no one's enforcing it or something i don't know i, I remember reading about it that it's 30 it's 28 or 27 percent in the us but no one pays it anyway the deal is still considered a progressive step toward a global agreement on tax reform which once seemed unlikely this is a very strong step and i like it i hope that it's implemented successfully because i like this uh, minimum corporate tax rate of 15 percent because what they mean is that currently what the countries do is they just uh, show that they're not based in the us or in europe they're based in some poor horrible country and that's why they can't pay the taxes or that's why they're not eligible for taxation but if it's 15% everywhere, where are you going to go? Oh, wait, they could go to Mars. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, so the second uh, big story was that drugs were created through uh, to treatments, I think. I don't know if it's uh, treatments or if it's a cure. Yeah, uh, medicine was created for breast cancer and Alzheimer's. Uh, two drugs brought fresh hope for people with breast cancer and Alzheimer's. Not together, of course, separately. But yeah, it's, it must suck for people who have that together. And, oh right, um, the first big story we had was about the minimum corporate tax rate. And the second one is a potential cure for, or prevention of breast cancer and Alzheimer's, or treatment of, for breast cancer and Alzheimer's. I think this week has been a lot more positive than the other weeks because the first story was a major breakthrough for um, tax evasion against tax. It was a major breakthrough against tax evasion, and this the second story is a major breakthrough for medicine. A trial of the breast cancer drug. I am not going to pronounce it. Uh, let's just call it OLAP found that it reduced the risk of invasive recurrence. Oh, it, it, it reduced the risk of invasive recurrence, secondary cancers, or death by over 40%. This was also in The Guardian. That, okay, so 40%, that brings it down to, that brings it down from 100% to 60%, which is just barely over 50%. That's fantastic news. Breast cancer is the worst. I, I am really happy that there is a treatment for it that doesn't involve, that hopefully doesn't involve surgery. Uh, right, the first new treatment for Alzheimer's. Oh God, this is the first new treatment in 20 years that was approved by US regulators, potentially paving the way for its use in the UK and other European countries as well. I don't know how to pronounce this one. So we'll call it Aircan was found to slow cognitive decline, although some scientists remain unconvinced as to its effectiveness. That's that's fine. We are still conducting research on it. 
more breakthroughs will bring these scientists around soon enough but yeah this is great news we have like if if someone is suffering from breast cancer or if someone is suffering from alzheimer's you can just give them medicine instead of surgery and god knows what else <sighs> now for the last uh, big story for today we have this is from colorado. so the us state of colorado uh, has recorded its first litter of gray wolf pups since the 1940s that is amazing news there have been uh, research has been conducted and it concluded that introducing wolves in any um, area will help will help regulate the population of her of herbivores and indirectly promote the growth of forest because the tree saplings have an opportunity to grow because they're not being chewed on by deers and other animals the species almost became extinct in the us but has successfully recolonized the nation thanks to reintroduction programs colorado voters last year approved the ballot measure to have wolves reintroduced to public land by the end of 2023 this is concrete proof that voting can change a lot of things for and just make life better for everyone all we need to do is stay consistent which i realize now is a lot like working out in that regard i mean not a lot of not and the other thing is that not many people enjoy doing it but it's still good for your future self and for the good of other future other people as well yeah that i think that's that part where it's good for other people as well uh voting doesn't share parallels with exercise anyway jared polis the state governor stated that he, and they were planning reintroductions and the pups will have plenty of potential mates when they grow up to start their own families that's good to hear i hope we can apply similar reintroduction programs to bring back more species from the brink of extinction and that's it for the big stories there is one big baby story because i didn't find it anywhere else okay israel became the first nation to ban fur Animal rights campaigners have claimed a major victory this week as Israel became the first country to ban the sale of fur within its borders. The historic step comes as other nations reconsider their relationship with a controversial material that is fast falling out of fashion. Hmm. I think <laughs> I was going to make a joke about Cruella Deville considering that the movie is still somewhat fresh. But I don't know, man. seems spotty <laughs> okay okay uh israel has made history and put and put yet another nail in the cruel fur industry's coffin said mimi bekechi vice president of international programs at peta i sincerely apologize for butchering her name with the british government currently seeking currently exploring a similar ban which would make it the first country in europe to close its borders on fur close its borders to fur we are getting ever closer to a day when no animals are suffocated or skinned alive for collars and cuffs hmm. this is really nice i think uh yeah who wears fur at this point it's i mean fur fur is understandable but yeah who needs it anyway this is this is really good news and um props to israel for being 
conscious about this and for somewhat um, leading by example in the Middle East or at least in that area of the world I don't know where Turkey oh, I don't know where Israel falls exactly anyway uh, yeah that was those were the stories of this week a lot of good happened a lot of good came from the G7 a lot of game, good came from the medical industry and a lot of good came out of Israel which is somewhat rare I guess oh right another um, very small update Israel's president is no longer Benjamin Netanyahu he lost the election well he didn't lose yeah he lost the election and the reason why he lost was because of one vote yeah I, I think it was because of one vote so now a coalition will be um, holding office and his party will no longer be in power and he will no longer be in power that's good to hear I think um, Israel could do a lot better than that guy anyway I would like to thank oh right <laughs> that brings us to the end of our segment two teaspoons of positivity I would like to thank the one person listening to this and I really hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for tuning in but now I am going to tune out Bye-bye.